0: The Shep Nass Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Nass Podcast, the podcast of Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ, and we're expecting great things. My name is Joey, host of this podcast, and today, joined by Pastor Rob Paul. What we're going to be doing over the next few months, have sort of an intermittent series, is talking about our identity in Christ. In fact, there are 33 statements about your identity in Christ. Who you are, who God has called you to be. We're gonna go over them. You've already heard one from Pastor Tim, and so we're gonna talk about that today, and then Rob's gonna dive into a specific one as well. Rob, welcome in, man.
1: Thank you for welcoming welcome welcoming wow. me in.
0: We're recording it's a Monday. Hard. Usually we Words record these on hard. Thursdays, but we're like we've we've had a good week, but we're it's Monday morning and we are
1: Yeah. Yeah. Words are hard.
0: Yeah. I don't even have a drink in my hand. You don't. That's yeah, true. That's sounds like I have, I have had a drink <laughs> in my hand, but I have not. So uh, chocolate milk. You know, this really spawned out of um, our Ephesians um, sermon series that it talks a lot about who we are in Christ and how, if we were to live into that power, like what we what we could, you know, attain by being right. by understanding who we are. Yeah, and Jeremiah
1: in our revival mm-hmm. talked a lot about it. You yeah, know, like if we just really understood who we were.
0: Uh, And so there are 33 identity statements about who you are when you, when you enter into this covenant relationship with God, this is who you are. Right. Um, And so many people, I think we, we've talked about this is um, we have a lot of people who call themselves Christians who live defeated lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, and that's really unfortunate. The idea is that when we become a Christian and you ask Jesus into your heart, there's a, there's a spiritual identity shift mm-hmm. that happens, and the Bible uh, identifies these 33 the thirty three things. And there may be even probably more, but yeah. there's 33 things that are easily to identify that these become your new identity, who you are, what you, what you possess, those kinds of things. And we typically just don't understand that. And this is a part of that renewing your mind where the Bible mm-hmm. says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind learning these things, knowing them, yeah. beginning to walk in the truth of who they of what they are um, allows us to change who we are and we experience the power of this new identity. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so um, you already
0: heard one if you're listening to the podcast on a regular basis. Pastor Tim um, already kind of dove into one of these and we just wanted to kind of explain why we're doing this yes yeah. that's what that was. But we also wanted to dive into a specific one. Um, and in John 1... 12 and 13, this is what it says. It says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Right. And so you have an identity. When you come to faith in Christ, you have been given the title of God's child and the
1: magnitude of that is it's really hard to put into. It's massive. You could <laughs> do an entire. Uh, I think we said earlier seven month series on just what that means. Yeah. What does it mean to be a child of God? What does yeah. it mean that that as we as we're if we're God's child, then God is our Father? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. And and what are the ramifications of that in our lives? And if we got that and understood it, it could literally change just that one thing the way we live our life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we were talking about before, and this is kind of what one of the, the sparks of this is when you become a parent, it comes with responsibilities, right? Um, those responsibilities then ultimately become benefits that the child receives. And this yeah. is the relationship that we're talking about with God is as a parent, there are responsibilities. And as uh, the child end up benefiting from that. And so you and I benefit from a relationship with God as father
1: and yeah. child. Yeah. Right. So, if many of you who are listening to this maybe are parents and you know that your life drastically changed when you became mm-hmm. a parent, all of a sudden you're no longer responsible for just yourself, but for another life. Um, and as a child, you don't really get that until you get older and you grow and you, and then maybe you become a parent as well, that mm-hmm. the responsibility somebody had for you and that you were the recipient of all those benefits, you know, of the responsibility that the parent had. So, yeah. So I was just thinking like, what does it mean to be God's child? And, Um, and I was thinking about, well, if God is my father, then he does for me, the kind of things I did for my kids. And when we think about the spiritual ramifications of that, it's pretty amazing. So I Googled this morning before we were getting together, I Googled like, you know, what are the needs of a child? Um, and there's the obvious things, you know, like, oh, I got to have food and shelter and all that other kind of stuff. And it's funny because you can look, you can read probably 20 different articles, that say there was like one, the six basic needs of a child. Then the next one was seven needs of a child. Then there was nine needs of a child. Then there was one that had 11 needs of a child. And I'm like, yeah, the kids have a lot of needs, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're all, they all have these different perspectives. But I'm thinking in the spiritual sense, what does it mean when we surrender our heart to God and, and he becomes our father? And I was thinking the very first thing that we receive is this level of unconditional love. Mm-hmm right so we talked about in our Ephesians series Ephesians chapter one verse three and four that before the creation of the world God chose mm-hmm. us in him uh, and that that we were chosen like before the world ever existed God chose us to to adopt us He wanted us to be a part of this family and so there's this level of love that comes when we know that he chose us like we weren't just like, sometimes, you know, you have kids they are born into your family. You got to just, you got to take them because they're yours, right? <laughs> but for, for God, it he was like, it. Mm-hmm. he chose us. Like, yeah. he, he knew all of our faults. He knew all of our failures. He knew all the stuff we were going to do. Yet he still said, like, he pointed his finger through eternity to mm-hmm. you and said, I'm choosing you. I want you to be a part of my family. Yep. And I think that's pretty amazing. And then I think also you go on and you think about, what Paul said in Romans chapter five, verse eighty, he says that that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for yeah. us. And so when we were living the kind of life that was not meeting the expectations that God had for his people, he still loved us. Like he didn't wait for us to to get all cleaned up and get our lives in order and let get our lives straight. He chose us before the creation of the world, and then he demonstrated mm-hmm. his love while we were still not living the kind of life that he wanted us to live. Um, and so there's this level of unconditional love. And a, and a kid who grows up with, an, a, with unconditional love is going to be more stable, more mature, and be able to uh, operate from a, a more uh, stable platform mm-hmm. in their life than one who has to earn their love and feel like they have to measure up all the time. Yeah. We could never measure up. Yeah, but God still chose to love us. And then I was also thinking about what Paul said um, in Romans chapter eight, that verse thirty five to thirty nine that that there isn't really anything that can separate us from the love of God. And, and you yeah. know, and re- why don't you read that yeah. passage of scripture because it's so good. Yeah, it's So good. And this is what I mean. This is like God. You know, you can't. You can't earn it, but this is the love Mm -hmm. that you get. And this is what Paul says. It says,
0: Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
1: Yeah, and that's a powerful, powerful passage of yeah. Scripture where Paul is basically saying that there's nothing you can do to make God stop loving you. Mm-hmm. And if you're a parent and you've had kids, you're like, you know there are things that your kids can do that might make you want to <laughs> and <they> had- sometimes <laughs> you're like, oh, this, I did not, this kid's make you know. But But there's nothing we could do that would make God stop loving us, nothing that could separate Mm -hmm. us from that love. And so I think about the fact that I am God's child means I have a level of unconditional love that comes from the Father, the creator of the universe, and that helps me to be – that's just steady. That's steady and stable is right? Yeah, that's good. So I think of another thing that um, what it means to be a parent is that you know when you become a parent you provide. I mean you got to take care of all the needs of that child. And, you know when they come out and they're a baby they can't do anything for themselves. You got to mm-hmm. provide everything for them. And I think about how as God's child that He provides for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Matthew chapter six, uh, Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount, chapters five, six, and seven, I think it is. Uh, but in, in chapter six, He's talking about you know. Hey, listen! I don't want you to worry about all these things. Like you, you know, people worry about where they're going to eat, where they going to wear, all these kinds of things. But you don't need to worry about those kinds of things. Be, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, what you're going to wear. And then he goes on. He says, "Look at the birds of the air. Look, you know, look at look the, mm-hmm. I, You know, nobody even knows their names, but I take care of them. I make yeah. sure they have food." And then he says, look at the, the flowers in the field, look how beautiful they are. And some of them live and die and nobody ever sees them, but they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesus is like, you know, you're way more valuable to me than those birds or the flowers of the air, and I'm gonna take care of you. And so we see that not only when God provides for us, he provides physically for us. He meets He meets our physical needs. Uh, I think about that passage of scripture where it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or you know, their kids wanting bread or whatever. God takes, he provides for us, and even his name, Jehovah Jireh, is that he's our provider. Yeah. And then I also think another thing that the Lord provides is when I, you know, as, a, as I get older, I find myself in situations or circumstances where I'm like, I, I don't know what to do in certain situations. And I've always been grateful that I could speak to my father or mm-hmm. to my father-in-law and I could say, "Hey, here's a situation that I found myself in. Um, and I don't really know what to do," and they provide me wisdom because they've been there. They're smarter yeah. than I am, or whatever. And um, and it reminds me that when God is our provider, He not only provides for our physical needs, but He provides wisdom. And oftentimes, as we're living our life, we come upon situations where, we're like, I don't, I don't. What do we do? How do I do this? And the Lord provides. And I think about James chapter one verse five, where it says. If any of us is lacking wisdom, we can ask for it. And yeah. the God who has it all will give graciously. Mm-hmm. And so so as God's child, I never have to f- worry about finding myself in a situation where that I don't know what to do and then have to guess about it because I can go to the Father and I can ask. Yeah. I'm reading through the Old Testament now. and I'm reading about David and some of the prophets and everything. And a lot of those guys, before they ever went to war, would ask the Lord, are we going to win? Should I do it? <laughs> you know and the lord gave him an answer yeah i was like man that would be great you know Mm -hmm. so you know don't if the lord says no don't do it (laughs) and so but (laughs) the great the the great news is that god gives us that and then peter said this in first second peter chapter one verse three says that his divine power has given us everything we need Mm. everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him called us by his own glory and goodness and so just such an amazing uh provision that god gives us every everything that we need we don't have to worry about any of it Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool it's awesome on friday evening june 16th we are kicking off a new Encompass sisterhood ministry we are inviting all of the ladies of all ages to gather here for a coffee bar charcuterie boards and information about this new ministry. And for you guys, the Saturday before Father's Day, is, that's June 17th, we'll be putting out a breakfast spread for you. Our own chef, Gerald Barker, will be whipping up lots of protein and carbs to get you through the weekend. Be here at 8.30 a.m. for that.
0: And then when you keep going, there's there's more needs that that, that kind of crop up,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think a, another thing, Uh, protection, Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you have a child, it's like your responsibility to protect. I remember when we had our first, uh, when we had Aubrey, who was our first child, remember we took her home and I was thinking how, you know, we were, I was holding her, we were watching TV or something like that. And and there was just this level of innocence in her life that she'd never seen anything, whatever. We were watching TV and something happened on the TV. I don't even remember what it was, but it was one of those (laughs) things. I was like, oh, I wish, I wish that didn't happen. And I wish that my kids' eyes didn't see that. And she I'm sure she doesn't remember it, but it's like it was this marker in my life. It was the first time that mm-hmm. she saw something that I knew wasn't wasn't a godly thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it marked me. And I'm like, oh I I need to protect her from those kinds of things. And and the Lord does that for us. You know, when we become God's child, he he takes the responsibility to protect us from things in and one of the ways that he has offered this protection to us is through the power of his word. Mm-hmm. And in his word, he's given us commandments. And every one of God's commandments are given to protect us from something. Like it's never, God never commands us to do something because he's trying to ruin our life or make life hard or whatever, but it's always because he's protecting us from something. Mm-hmm. And think about it as a parent. Whenever you tell your kids no to do, that they can't do something or they shouldn't do something, it's usually because, you know, if they do it, something bad could happen or will happen to them. Mm -hmm. So you're simply protecting them. And the Word of God is simply that. It's just a a protection. And so oftentimes in Scripture, there'll be things that say, don't do this, Mm. and it's not because God's a killjoy. It's because he's like, I want to protect you from this. You may not know this is going to happen, but I do, so don't do it. I'm trying to protect you from the consequences. Or he says, you should do certain things, Mm -hmm. right? So commands come in the form of positive and negative, and the positive is if you do these things, it brings blessings in your life. Yeah. So so God's Word does those kinds of things. And so when I think about protection, I think about all that comes to the Word of God, but also this supernatural protection of angels and the Holy Spirit. I mean, how many times have we been protected from something that we don't even know yeah, we we're protected no from? No idea. I mean, if we could someday up in heaven, if the Lord could just say, uh, if we could just say, how many times did you save my life and I didn't even know it? Uh, and it would probably be a high number and we would be blown away Mm -hmm. at the times the Lord has protected us from something that we didn't even know about. And, and I, and I think about this first Peter chapter one, verse three, and then verse five says, praise be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope. So when I become a a Christian, I have this new birth, right? Mm -hmm. And then through my, through faith, I'm shielded by God's power. So it's like what God is what what Peter is saying is that when we become a Christian, we receive this this level of protection from God's power from the things that, that the enemy tries to, to bring into our life to to destroy us. And so it's like there's this level of protection that comes as well. So so when you become a Christian, you say, I'm God's child. It's like, it doesn't just mean, I'm not just God's child. Right. I, I have God's unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I have God's provision. I have God's protection. And then I think another thing that a parent does, I'll try to keep, I'll try to wrap this up fast because I know we're not supposed to be too long here, but it's like, like my job as a parent is to help my kids reach their full potential, right? Yeah. Like it's not my, like my job as a parent is not to dream a dream for my kids and then live. And and then have them live them, go? Mm-hmm. live them d- that dream for me. It's to see what has God put in them? What has God put in their heart? Um, but here's the great news for us is that when we become a child of God, God has a plan for us, right? Jeremiah 29 talks about that. Yeah. It says, for, the know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you, mm-hmm. not to harm you, give you hope in the future. Well, if, if God has this plan for us, then it would be rather cruel if he didn't resource us to accomplish yeah. that plan. So we see that God also resources us to accomplish the agenda that he's mm-hmm. th- created for us. And I think about that, like when I was a youth pastor, and maybe you remember this, there was a thing came out called SHAPE. Mm-hmm. The God yeah. has shaped us for greatness. And the SHAPE was an acronym, and it stood for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personalities, experiences, mm-hmm. that God has given us all of those things. So so I think about this. So, so God has created me and you for it for a purpose, with a plan, and he's given you a spiritual gift, which is a supernatural capacity that helps you carry out his plan. Yep. And so when you become God's child, he's like, not only do I have a plan for you that of greatness, but I'm going to resource you to do it. I'm going to give you these things that you need to do. And one of them is a spiritual gift. He gives us heart or passion, right? And a passion is this thing that just keeps us motivated. Like all of us have a passion for something um, and it's different, but the passion that we have has come from God, mm. and God gave it to us so that we could we could fulfill the destiny that He's given to us. He's given us natural abilities. Some of us are really great at things, like I'm super tall and good at basketball. <laughs> um, but but there's these abilities that we all yeah. have, things that we're just naturally good at. Sure. Those are gifts from God that He gave to us, mm-hmm. right? We have a personality in our, in our in the and the way I always say is like the the right personality is your personality. He gave you the personality he gave you so that you would be good at what he's called you to do. And there's all kinds of personalities, but he gave that to you. He gives you the experiences, and most of all, then he gives you the Holy Spirit to resource you through all of mm-hmm. that stuff. And so. So I think, yeah, I am God's child. And that also means that God is is helping me reach my full potential and he's equipped me and resourced me yeah. to do those kinds of things. Because as a parent, that's exactly what you want, right? Like I have three kids and they're adults right now. Nothing makes me happier than knowing that they're doing what God wants them to do, mm-hmm. that they're fulfilled in what they're doing. And when they're not, it's like there's this there's this angst or or anxiety or whatever that you feel like. Oh, you know, one of them isn't where they all, you know, it's not, they're not experiencing what they want. But when they're there, it's like, oh, this is good. And this is God. Like, he wants us to experience everything that he has for us. And then last thing, and I promise it will be the last thing, <laughs> is that, like, like uh, uh, one of the good things that a parent can do for a child at the end of their life is give them an inheritance, mm-hmm. right? And so, so this inheritance is the accumulation of resources that maybe the parent has brought up into life. You know, maybe the inheritance is the wisdom that's passed on, but it could be physical resources Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And the Bible talks about the resources that are the inheritance that we have. Jesus talked about in John chapter 14, he says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. So, so because I'm God's child, mm-hmm. he has a place for me that he's working on and preparing that I'm going to be able to inherit and go to. Mm-hmm. Now, my place, I'm pretty sure, is going to have a lake in the back with <laughs> lots of largemouth bass in it and a really cool boat that I can ride in. And so, but he's He's given us that, right? So he's got a place for us. Ephesians 1.18 says, uh, and we talked about this in the series Paul says you'll have a, uh, you have deeper insight and you will know the confidence that he calls you to have and the glorious wealth that God's people will inherit. So Paul's talking about there's an inheritance that's waiting for us as God's children in heaven that's going to be un- undescribable. Right? Peter says mm-hmm. this. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and His great mercy has given us birth into a living hope. To the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. So because I'm God's child, I this I have this inheritance to look forward to. So there's you know, yeah. what does it mean when you ask Jesus into your heart and you become God's child? It means you have a source of unconditional love in your life that never and mm-hmm. nothing can separate it. God is always gonna be providing for you, he's always gonna protect protecting you he's going to help you reach your full potential you have an inheritance that's waiting for you and there's just so much more in between all of that but if we if we could just get that right man would that make a difference in our lives
0: well that's if you understood that you are the child of God and God is the king of all kings and especially that inheritance piece like you yeah inherit the kingdom of God like the yeah. Your God who calls you his child is the king of everything.
1: Yeah. It's and gives like, you like, the keys to, to that kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like my dad can beat up your dad. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, our dad is like the king of the universe. Yeah. And he can't beat up your dad. Yeah. So, yeah
0: that's good well that's gonna wrap it up for today's podcast we hope you look forward to um, these uh, identity in christ episodes they're gonna be sparsed out throughout the summer as we go through this um, and so you'll just have to keep an ear out for when they're coming Um, you can find out more about what's happening here at shepherd through our website shepnaz.org if you want to get a hold of us you can at podcast at shepnaz.org let us know what you think comments questions we'd love to hear from you for pastor rob i'm joey thanks for listening have a great day
1: This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.